Hello and welcome back to the Magic Kathy show. How did you survive the full moon in Gemini? Speaking of Gemini, we have a very, very special guest, my favorite Gemini in the world, Colin Bedell from Queer Cosmos is back on the Magic Kathy show. I'm so excited for that because we've been talking about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction and the astrology of 2020. And Colin obviously has a lot to say about that. We dived into the topics of relationships and what the Saturn and Pluto conjunction is all about and how it literally sets the tone for a new decade. It was such a jam-packed episode. It's always such a blessing to talk with Colin and to chat with him about all things astrology and I know you loved the episode that we did last time together so I know that you will love this one as well. And when you dive into it and you notice that you would like to have some advice, some guidance when it comes to your personal relationships or even the relationship that you have with yourself and you really want to understand what the Saturn and Pluto conjunction and the astrology of 2020 brings for you in the new decade, then let me know. I would love to do a birth chart or a forecast reading for 2020 for you so you can literally align with the energy in the cosmos and live the best life possible and more than ever align with your magic because that's what you deserve and that's what I wish you to do in 2020 because the more people align with their magic the more magical the world becomes and it literally starts with you and you can create a ripple effect so please 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 do yourself but also the world a favor by aligning with your magic astrology is the best tool to do so and I would love to be your guide along the way. So without further ado, let the episode, the interview, the chat with Colin sink in, digest it and see how it moves you. And I know that this conversation and the topics we dived into will light up your life and definitely stimulate you in the most Gemini way possible. So enjoy. If you enjoyed the episode, it would mean the world to us if you would share it in your stories, tag us so we can thank you for sharing, so we can thank you for listening to us and we can have a conversation about all the topics that we dived into as well. I would love to hear your opinion on it, your best takeaways, all of that. So definitely share it on Instagram and tag us so we can see who actually listens. It would mean the world to us. So without further ado and Gemini rambling, let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Magic Kathy Show, Colin. I'm so excited to have you back because everyone loved our episode together and including me, obviously. Mm -hmm. I love to chat with you every time. So I'm so glad that we are here today to talk about the epic astrology of 2020. Woo, that's right. And thank you for the kind introduction. And I'm very thankful for your viewers and listeners for appreciating our last episode. Yay. I think it's the perfect timing to have you back because not only have you just launched a book about relationships and um, yeah, the yes. Saturn Pluto conjunction has a lot to do with the relationships, which we will definitely dive into. But before we do that, yeah. just let us know what your book is all about and what inspired you to write the book at this exact time. Oh, yeah. Great question, Kathy. Okay. So what inspired me to write the book was that uh, in the last 20 years, there hasn't been um, any astrological literature that tries to contextualize astrology, universal spiritual themes, and queer experiences and identities, right? And so what I wanted to do in Queer Cosmos was create astrological inquiry without with knowing, you know, I don't have a monopoly on this, right? I'm not the first, <laughs> the last, or the only day astrologer. Uh, but I just wanted to at least contribute my interpretation as best as I can, uh, where we talk about the 12 zodiac signs without shared assumptions of gender, sex, or sexuality. Because when we read about Cancer, when we read about Aries, when we read about Taurus, when we read about Libra, and sometimes Gemini, there's a lot of unfounded analysis that I think is based on just what gender has infiltrated in contemporary conversation. And so to the best of my capability, I tried to make the astrological articulation as gender neutral as possible. Mm. 
so that we can really experience these energies for what they are and then increase that wholeness, increase the integration, understand that Venus and Mars are important, understanding Moon and Uranus, right? Really bringing all of these inquiries together to allow us to represent that full circle of the chart in our lives. And uh, the reason why I'm doing it now is just because it landed on my lap. (laughs) It happened ever so beautifully. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just so grateful that I get the chance to do it. Yeah. And I think it's the perfect timing because actually what I have noticed is that ever since the eclipse in July in 2019, a lot of people have been breaking up. Like there is a lot of, I guess, shedding when it comes to Mm -hmm. relationships. And I think that it has a lot to do with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in January, which a lot of people might not even consider. But the last time Saturn... No, I didn't even consider that. The last time Saturn and Pluto met, they met in Libra. And Libra is a relationship sign, basically, like Mm -hmm. the sign of, you know, relationships. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a cycle that is kind of ending or closing. And that's why I think that the timing of your book is like perfect right? It's, it's really restructuring uh, relationships. Ooh, so, yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Kathy. And you know what I was thinking too, that yeah, that Saturn-Pluto conjunction, speaking of queer cosmos, it happened the year before the AIDS crisis. Ooh. And so, yeah. And so, yeah, there could be a, like, what does this then mean in terms of, okay, how do we renegotiate sex, sexuality, health, you know, are practices healthy? Are certain practices not healthy? Yeah, I like where you're going with this. And yeah. since it was just introduced to me today, I'm just going to sit with it. So yeah, <laughs> do that. Point. I'm yeah. excited to, to yeah, yeah, just sitting with it. Yeah, excellent. Way to go, research. See, and that's what I love, just to give you some credit. That's what I love about Leo Suns and really like fixed energy is they're such methods, people. They are all about the method, the system, the inquiry, and you can research like nobody's business. And I think we often forget in the astrology community, the personal growth crowd, the transformation circuit as well, that if you are not a researcher, it will be very difficult for you to maintain career longevity. Yeah. I mean, it's also, you know, about just understanding what is freaking going on, not just in my own little bubble, but also in like the... the (laughs) And yeah. What do you mean in your own little bubble, your own little castle? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm my own little queendom, but I still love to know what's going on in the world as well. Right. How everyone is kind of um, changing and, you know, how, why actually so many people broke up. Like I was literally shocked. Like even people you would have never considered a break up Mm. like all of a sudden and why do you think that happened do you have any insights on that Ooh, that's a great question yeah because i i did notice that too but i again i think i didn't even consider its connection to saturn and pluto i think because we are realizing that one special person cannot fulfill all of our needs yeah And I think that we have dangerously created uh, relationships as a new religion. Mm. We seek to have an entire, you know, uh, we seek one person to fulfill what entire community and village of people used to provide. We go to relationships to avoid ourselves. We go to relationships to distract ourselves. And I think that what the North Node in Cancer is teaching us all is what does it mean to belong to self first? Yeah doing my best to actually, and this is this what came up for me today is like, how do I take care of my own needs? Oh yeah. Because I go back and forth. I'm like, is it the partner's responsibility? Is it not? I don't know. I, I haven't quite yet landed there, but I think what I, I think what a lot of people are realizing is like, A, it's not up for me to be accountable for what your parents did to you. You know, so that's a Cancer North Node July issue, right? And then Saturn and Capricorn and Pluto and Capricorn are really demanding radical responsibility for self and our obligation to others. Because, you know, as friends, Kathy, if I was, if I knew that you were dating somebody who was just like really, really irresponsible, we would have a conversation about that. And I know you would tell me the same exact thing, right? And what does it mean to, um, then understand responsibility in relationship. What does it mean to flesh out the, the, the tips, the tools, the techniques, and the strategies for relational intelligence? Because 
I think Capricorn also says that these qualifications for us to connect, they're not just in the air and we're not born learning how to do it. And so if we're not actually cultivating and building relational intelligence with ourselves, we're setting ourselves up for a lot of malfunction. And that could be what you're talking about and sensing as well. That's such a good point. Thank you so much for reminding me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely what you say is so, so true. And I, what I really find interesting is that I came across a lot of people that have a lot of Capricorn energy and mm. I feel like they have a lot of, you know, contribution to the whole Saturn Pluto and conjunction. Obviously, they will be really, really impacted by it. Yes. And I yes. got many, many questions of people that, you know, see, well, I have so much going on in my Capricorn chart. Like, do I have to be scared now? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. a valid question, right? Because yes. there are a lot of astrologers that make it feel like or make it seem like that's the world will end or something like that if you, if you have like i don't know god bless a planet in the exact same point where saturn and pluto meet it's like you will die right. <laughs> <laughs> i know like where's your moon what degree position is your moon uh 17 okay so we yeah you you have a wide orb to it yeah yours yeah. is past but you went through pluto over the moon so did i yeah so i i agree i think that capricorn energy can actually sort of say well from personal experience i don't believe that Saturn is a malevolent energy. And I don't think Pluto is either, actually. I just think that we are our, we are our own masters of self-annihilation and the universe won't support that. And so if you don't have survival instincts, if you don't get a grip on your fear, if you are not, again, taking radical responsibility and walking your talk with integrity and accountability and reliability, yeah, you'll probably get your ass handed to you in January because it's about fucking time. Mm. Whereas if you're walking it like you talk it, really making sure that every choice is informed by a value, radical responsibility or bust, I think it can be a very powerful transit. Yeah. And, you know, I actually wanted to ask you because you come straight out of your Saturn return. So I guess your yeah. relationship with Saturn is pretty close and you even have a tattoo where, you know, it's a Saturn and J Jupiter, right? Uh, it's close. I have Saturn yeah, yeah. here, right? And yeah. then the sun right here. Oh, the sun. Yes, oh. the sun. Yeah, because I'm a Leo rising, so the sun's the ruler of my chart. But yes, I, I have had a wonderful Saturn return, Kathy. And can I share a story actually about sure, that? Because it relates do that, to this book. Do that. So uh, when, I, uh, when I received the literary contract, it was spring 2018. And they said, your publication date is November 2019. So you have almost a year and a half to write it. And I was like, oh, good, because I'll need all the time I can get. <laughs> and uh, I was already writing a first book. And then this second book, Queer Cosmos, I started to write in November 2018, right when my second book came out, right? And then in January, I was with friends just at a group dinner in New York, you know, after the holidays, reconnecting, reuniting, the crazy hullabaloo. And I swear to God, Kathy, I felt in my mind's eye this very tall, statuesque gentleman step forward <laughs> in long black garb, like priestly attire, right? And he was wearing a very long gold, like almost religious iconography, right? And in my mind's eye, he said, Colin, I hope you are enjoying yourself today because this will be the last time that you socialize for a very long time because oh you have outstanding contracts that you need to complete and you need to get to work. It was Saturn. Yeah. I am absolutely convinced. And my, because I'm a Saturn in 13 degrees cap and Saturn entered uh, 13 degrees cap on January 15th and that was a week later. Oh my gosh. Yep. And so from really January to February, March, I'm going to say April, no, January to April, I was sort of in relative social solitude, which was a part of the Saturn return experience, right? It was like, you, you signed a contract, you better fulfill on your word, right? Yeah. And it was hard and definitely emotionally challenging because I'm a social person. So I've missed my friends. I've missed, you know, that generative spaces, but it felt really good to just be in my research, be in my work, be in that experimentation phase. And I had a fantastic Saturn return. Absolutely fantastic. And then at the end of it, because then it went right back because it retrograded back to 14 um, and then it was concluded on September 15th, 
I just sort of knew, okay, my niche in astrology is relational sciences, period. Yeah. And I did not know that when I started, but I knew it when I was done. And so what Saturn gave me was not only that understanding of this is your lane driving it, but it also gave me that sense of worldly legitimacy to say, and I have a book supporting this analysis. And I think that's what Saturn does give us is it's wonderful to have a dream. It's wonderful to have a goal. But if you don't have worldly qualifiers to just sustain the fact that you know what you're talking about, and that doesn't necessarily mean certification yeah. or an education at MIT and Oxford and Yale, but it just means a certain level of my website is up. My podcast is here. I am not talking off the top of my head and here's why. Then it means when people hear us, they'll hear us from a space of moral authority mm. and gravitas. Because you know, as a Capricorn moon, Kathy, you will immediately sense when someone's talking oh, yeah. from unfounded. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, I know. For the listeners, just want to say, Kathy gave me a deep, solemn look of total recognition <laughs> when she knows someone is talking out of their ass, right? Yeah. Versus somebody who says, no, this is what I'm doing and here's why and that's it. So anyway, that was my Saturn return. I enjoyed it really deeply. I feel uh, so grateful to have completed it. And now I'm just really ready to apply it in the next stage of my life. And I feel like that makes you kind of a pioneer almost for the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which, because I just mentioned that it, I think it's really yeah. about relationships as well. And you as a Gemini son kind of highlight yeah. that topic, even with that book. And even yes. the fact that, you know, the nodes shift to Gemini, like the North Node will yes. shift to Gemini, which you will be really excited about as well. And yeah. I obviously think that there is a connection there because in astrology, nothing happens out of nowhere, right? And right. Um, so I would like to kind of get your idea about how the Saturn-Pluto conjunction is even related to the nodes shifting next year. Ooh, Kathy, you are on it with the questions. Can I just tell you? <laughs> like, you are so good, Venus and Virgo, and, and obviously Sag Rising. So, well, speaking of that, that, the North Node will go in your seventh house of relationship. And so these eclipses are going to activate your relational experiences significantly, yep. which, which I'm really excited to know. Um, yeah, so it's funny you bring this up because just yesterday I was thinking about how of all the mythological tales in astrology, right? Because every single zodiac sign stands for a mythological story from antiquity, right? Gemini is the only one that involves a real love story, actually. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's true, right? Yeah. Because the, the story is that we had the mythological twins, right? One was immortal because he was fathered by Zeus and the other was mortal because he was fathered by a human being. And they were soldier twins and one, the mortal, died in battle. And the immortal one was devastated. So he went to his father, Zeus, and said, I, you got to bring my twin back. I can't be without him. Mm -hmm. And Zeus said, I can't do that, but I can bring you into the skies forever, and you can shine upon us as the Gemini constellation. Mm -hmm. So it, the story is like love reunited, right? And I think that's, that's the emphasis of the Gemini energy. And I think, isn't it beautiful that after the first two human-based signs, right, Aries the ram, Taurus the bull, we have Gemini appearing in partnership. Yeah as human beings. That's not a coincidence because we are a social species. The quality of our life is determined by the nature of our relationships. We are an interrelated, interconnected ecosystem of people, whether we like it or not. And Gemini as the third sign in the Zodiac introduces that value as the basis, as the foundation of socialization and yeah. connection, right? And so what I think Saturn Pluto in Capricorn in January could do before the North Node ships into Gemini next July is really remind people that their trauma, their wounds, their fears, their responsibility to clean up. Mm. I, I have been getting that resoundingly so. I really believe that <clears throat> the age of data collection in our crowd is done. <laughs> Related, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you know where you got that problem, you know that he's a narcissist, that you're a codependent, a this, a that, a la, 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 la. What are you doing about it? And stop blaming. Stop casually using pseudo-sophisticated spiritual jargon to bypass, right? Like, oh, I'm an empath and he's a narcissist. Well, right. No, you totally could be an empath. But where were your responsibilities? Because you still gave him your number. Yeah. 
like what what part of you what what part of your energy what part of your force field allowed that stuff in because you had a velcro that latched onto him somewhere right and so i think what saturn pluto conjunction can do is really just help us all understand that these traumas these insecurities these fears these are our messes to clean up and the sooner we do that the sooner our relationships will be improved yeah I love that you brought that up because I feel like all of these terminologies have been overused and I can't even stand hearing them anymore. And I, you know, I love to dive deep into childhood trauma because it's valid and there are so many things happening, but we also have to realize right. that everyone has some sort of trauma. So whatever, like obviously it kind of neutralizes the, heaviness of trauma in a way because it, it opens yes. the conversation almost to everyone's trauma because everyone has trauma it's nothing like yes yes that is all i don't know kathy you know we're joining and can't move faster yeah. because I, I, i'm totally with you on that and i'm even just thinking too from a capricorn moon perspective gemini sun as well it's like And what about people who have actually been through full tilt catastrophe? Yeah. Full tilt. And I'm not trying to compare anybody's pain. I'm not trying to do anything like that. But I think the, one of the privileges of this work, and I'm sure you're seeing it already, is that we hear stories of profound yeah. suffering. Yeah. Profound. Nobody comes to us because everything is going well. Yeah. Right? People come to us because their son died of a heroin overdose or because they were watching a French child and the French child drowned in the pool. Yeah. That was one of the stories I heard. Or in and out of foster care, my mother physically abused me and my stepdad sexually assaulted me. Yeah. Right? Like, I hear these stories all of the time. And it's an honor to bear witness to those stories. And the deeper honor is they somehow find significant resilience and meaning within that suffering where they acknowledge, yes, I have been traumatized and I don't have to react from my trauma. Yeah. And again, that's not to minimize other people's experiences. That's not to coddle, you know, that's not to just be like, oh, get over it. Like yours isn't that bad. It's not comparison suffering. But it is to say that we, like you were saying, we have all experienced some experience of heartbreak and trauma. And the sooner we recognize that that's actually our place of connection, and yeah. empathy and understanding, the more quickly we can get to work on what lies before us now. Exactly. That's why I, for example, love to study other people's trauma in a way because then I can understand them better. That's yes. the whole thing. You know, when I know that my partner suffered from or like has a specific uh, attachment style, for example, well, then I can better understand him and meet him in a better way. Yes. You know, and it's not like weird. Yes. And I no, think that's uh, absolutely. also, yeah, and that's also what I believe that Saturn and Pluto conjunction kind of teaches us. You know, Saturn is the teacher of the zodiac. It really gives us all of the lessons, yes, right? without a doubt. And Pluto, it's funny. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Pluto, as one of the rulers of Scorpio, right, yeah. we want to remember, and this is something I didn't put in my book, but um, it's the work of Esther Perel, and she says that the erotic very Plutonian, right, yeah. is the antidote to death. Mm. Because Esther Perel's family were survivors of the Holocaust. And so they were refugees in Belgium, and they were surrounded by other refugees who were liberated um, in the Holocaust. And what Esther noticed was that there were two groups of people in her community of survivors, people who were not dead and people who were brought back to life. Mm. And the people who were brought back to life found pleasure and joy and surrender and trust and creativity and magnetism and longing again, mm. right? And I think it's interesting. Then she married <clears throat> a trauma specialist at Columbia University in New York City. Mm. And so they, as husband and wife, are constantly talking about how trauma And the erotic life regeneration, you know, the feeling of vitality and fullness is deeply connected to trauma. These are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, wow. And is, isn't that beautiful? And so often we think, oh, because I'm traumatized, I could never. Well, actually, no, because you are traumatized, you are among the most qualified to find vitality and fullness and to reclaim the parts of yourself that were lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. Because that's all I do in my, in my readings is di dive deep into the challenges and deep into the wounds and deep into everything that is really, really hard, right? Like yes. Chiron, Pluto, all of the yes. challenging things that people can't kind of even scare away from astrology. But I believe that's the, the biggest gift that we have and that we can discover in our birth chart. Like that's everything, right? Like, yeah, that's the magic, what, what I always say. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yes, and isn't it amazing too that you as a Leo woman and you have Sun conjunct Chiron, correct? If I remember in, correctly. In, in the, the eighth, eighth house, house, yeah. Oh my God, right? <laughs> and look at look at how beautifully you're expressing what's possible, right? Like all of your work focuses on transformation, regeneration, claiming the parts of ourselves that we considered unworthy, really doing the work to heal, but not coddling, enabling, or staying too distracted by our dysfunctions and finding that resurrection, transformation, redemption quality of the eighth house so we can step into our power and agency and be the queen of our own life. Mm, absolutely. And that's I, what you do all the time. And I feel like that's kind of also where the world will go towards. I feel like that has been a conversation that was not really open yet, but Saturn mm. and Pluto, the conjunction even opens that conversation because I got a lot of messages wow. from people that feel really lonely because they feel that way, but they are scared to address all of these themes and all of these topics, yes. right? Yes, yes, yes. So they feel really lonely because they broke up or where, where do you think the loneliness comes from based on your research and what people are talking to you about? Um, they feel lonely with their trauma actually because they feel like uh, no one else is suffering except for them. Because when we don't talk about it, it can feel like, yes, we are the only people suffering, but we just don't know what we don't know. <laughs> right? Yes, yes Capricorn, <laughs> boom. Okay, no, without a doubt. Yes, without a doubt. And isn't that interesting? Because this goes back to a lot of what I spoke about in my book was about shame mm. and how shame survives on you believing you're the only one who's got it. Oh, yeah. Right? And we want to remember that shame is a universal emotion. Every single human being has it every single one yeah. with maybe the exception of sociopaths if we're being super clear but <laughs> every person has shame and isn't it beautiful to know that because i know that was one, it's i'm so glad you brought that up kathy because i'm wondering in, in capricorn moon way like what would that have done for your thinking and your life if you knew in your early 20s you were not the only one carrying the secret of i am not enough my worthiness is not totally claimed yet everyone else got the instruction manual mine got lost in the mail <laughs> how does everybody how does this look so easy for everybody else like yeah. what what would that have done for you if you knew that in your early 20s I just instantly got a picture in my head of a Leo dancing and just throwing a party because that's oh! what I have. <laughs> like, literally. I yeah. feel like I, I would have just enjoyed my life more yeah. in a way and not like, not, like nothing ha could have held me back, I guess. That, that's oh. the picture that I got. And I feel like that's, that's, that's literally the thing that I see also in my readings a lot, like the Chiron wound especially. That's what people really traps. Like that's, that's what people... Yeah, that's what, that's what people, um, yeah, get locked in, in the cage kind of way. Like, that's what holds them back, right? Yes. Is, and, and do you think that's because people are afraid of joy? Like, they don't want to lean into the joy? Because this relates to eroticism and mm. the book, too. So I'm curious to know what your fodder is, yeah. It's literally the rejection scare, like scarcity of rejection. Just they are scared of rejection. That's the whole thing about Chiron, right? It's abandonment, rejection, fear of loneliness. Mm, it's so true. It's so true. And I think too, we need to remember that the, because we live in a culture that is fueled by scarcity, mm. absolutely, oh, yeah. and fear, yeah. and who's to blame, who yeah. do we have to be angry at, right? And why are we the ones who has it all together, right? Yeah. Um, we forget that joy is actually, and this is the work of Dr. Renee Brown, that joy is the single most terrifying human emotion we could ever experience. Yeah. Because when we're in joy, we wait for the other shoe to drop. We live in the wreckage of the future. We dress, rehearse tragedy, right? Yeah. When all we need to do in those moments is actively practice gratitude. Oh, yeah. Right? 
that and because I understand the feelings of joy and like you know what I bet in early 20s if Kathy if there was a dance party coming <laughs> right and you have the choice like man do I want to go dance at this party right now or do I just oh man no I'm gonna stay here because I'm gonna everyone's gonna think I'm weird blah 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 what the uh, enlightened path would have been would have been say I'm so grateful that this party is here it won't come back I'm gonna dance right the fuck now yeah absolutely right yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not shaming or criticizing. I'm just contextualizing this more deeply so that people know that they're not the only ones that are terrified of their own joy because joy is so, it's so vulnerable. Yeah. It's temporary. It's elusive. And, and it also relates to eroticism. It relates to pleasure and it relates to trauma because when trauma specialists know that someone has fully healed, it's when they've been able to reclaim their pleasure and their joy again. Mm -hmm. And I think that we, don't contextualize the fear that gets in the way as what it is, which is the dressing, rehearsing, the tragedy, the living in the record of the future and the foreboding it. And so if we can acknowledge, okay, these are my barriers. Let me just resist them. Joy kind of seizes you then. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, you don't even have to swan dive into it. It just, boom, it just gets you. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I even feel like that's, that can be the theme of 2020. If we understand how Saturn and Pluto will meet, will bring us joy because a lot of people even wow. look into astrology of 2020. Well, there are so many things happening. It's the most intense, whatever year ever. It's the start of a new decade. Like everyone is like so hyped up about it. But again, like that's fear, right? A lot of fear yes. that goes into yes. that. And I feel like the ultimate truth about 2020 is that it's the doorway to more joy. Wow. <laughs> that's what just what I think. Yeah, you might be the only astrologer who went on the record as having said that. <laughs> and you know what? I'm totally on board with it, honey. I am yeah. totally on board with it. Absolutely. And I think the doorway to more joy by all of us taking radical responsibility for our joy yeah. and just getting rid of the stuff that prevents us from really leaning into it. Absolutely. And I think that's why relationships are so scary for other people too, because we have really believed that a couple of things we're entitled to comfort and we're entitled to certainty, mm. which relationships don't give you any of. No. And I think that's why people feel lonely. I think that's why people avoid relationships. And what I'm seeing is people tapping out of love and belonging out of fear of heartbreak. Mm. I literally had a client yesterday. Thank God she didn't do it. She's a Scorpio moon. And this took my breath away. She said, I almost divorced my husband. I was at court with him wow. because I'd rather do that than have him leave me. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, yeah, I, I get that though. I, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, uh, talk to me about that. Talk I, I to get, me about that. I definitely get that in a way because that's a, that's an ego thing, right? It's, it's, it's definitely an ego thing where we are like, well, if I leave, we kind of, it, it's less vulnerable in a way because it was our, it, I, I guess it keeps our power in a way because we had the power to oh, without walk a doubt. away, right? Without that's, that's the whole thing. And obviously with her as a Scorpio moon, I guess like the full moon and the new moon definitely messed up with her in a little bit. She was getting hit and, when she told me that, I mean, and I think that's what I love about this system is because we are constantly around people who just accidentally confirm the meaning and the wisdom of their, of their positions, right? Yeah. Like when you and I sat down in our cat moon conjunction, it was just felt right at home, like siblings reunited. It was yeah. a wonderful, synergized, beautiful connection. And then there are moments like that when you go, wow, there really is something to be said about this stuff because that statement was so indicative of scorpionic energy yeah right and pluto being scorpionic uh and i think too yeah just really people because of because of the world owing us comfort and certainty because joy is also not certain or comfortable at all mm. we've lost the tolerance level for it and yeah if i'll, I'll share one more thing because you're just like uncorking me this morning i'm like <laughs> i can't believe it it's like Moon in you, and you're such a good listener, so thank you. Um, when my best friend passed away, I did notice too that there were two camps of people, and there was one camp who still felt a certain level of joy and gratitude 
for the fact that they told her every day that she was like the best thing that ever happened to them, mm. you know, and they were obviously heartbroken and yet grateful to have loved at all, to have known her at yeah. all. Yeah. And then there were others who, because of their fears, because of their vulnerabilities and dress rehearsing tragedies and living in the into the future, they realized I did not lean into the small moments with her. I didn't fully let myself engage with her the most deeply. Mm. And that has made me completely unprepared for this. I feel even more heartbroken and I blew it. Yeah. That's regret, right? Like, and it's it, funny because yeah. our... Immediate, yeah, it was regret immediately. And it's interesting because the ego mind and its sly insidiousness, it tells you like, yeah, no, don't tell you're grateful. Don't lean to it. You don't want to look weird. You don't want to look gross. You don't want to look too clingy. You don't want to look too sensitive. You know, yeah. she knows you don't need to say anything, right? It, protect yourself from that, right? Yeah. But were you protected when she died? No. no. And again, these are things we need to start naming and understanding so that when we find ourselves in these experiences and these words are playing in our minds, we go, wait a minute. This is my self-sabotage posing as my self-protection. Yeah. So I'm not going to listen to you whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Thank for you sure. for listening, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. I love this yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to bring it back, though, to the Saturn and Pluto conjunction. And you Please, take yes. generally what you think will kind of happen in a magical way because I feel like a lot of people you know put a lot of pressure on that one day where Saturn and Pluto meet like it's the ultimate destiny of our existence I don't right know. oh my god <laughs> well I could speak of it from an American point of view I I believe that we could get farther in the impeachment trials of uh, our president Donald Trump uh, and I also believe that we will restructure in a meaningful way our economy mm. and whether or not our principles, our guiding principles and touchstones of the United States should be economic values rather than humanitarian values. Because I think what often gets forgotten about is the fact that cancer is Capricorn's polarity. Yeah. And so, right, I know, right, duh. <laughs> and so, and so Capricorn is one of the most empathetic energies is one of the most generous in terms of feeling with others, right? And I'm wondering is like, could we have a conversation in America and other parts of the advanced world where uh, obviously most European countries don't have to deal with this too deeply, but where we really recognize that our humanitarian values and empathy and allowing other people to have a chance to succeed, that is the only way for us to find ultimate economic freedom. That, yeah. that will revitalize the economy if we take these shackles off of the people who feel like they never stood a chance. Mm -hmm. So I could see that happening in America. And on a, on a personal level, I think that most people will have just a big, you know, forgive the phrase, but come to Jesus moment where it's just like, stop playing with your dysfunction. Cut it out. <laughs> Snap oh out of it. Oh my gosh. I love that you just said it like that because the next question I wanted to ask you was related to Pisces. <laughs> and oh, Jesus boy. was, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, Jesus was, I guess Jesus was a Pisces. I, I've heard that before, Allegedly, right? yeah. And uh, Venus, <laughs> the planet Venus enters Pisces the next day after the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. So there's another thing there, which Beautiful. is also related to relationships. So what is your take on that? Kathy, I just want to say one more time, you are such an astute and shrewd astrologer. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> oh, I love I, you. <laughs> no, I mean it. I love the way that you research and analyze this. Like I, you are the very first one to speak on what this will do for relationships. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for that. I'm just got to tell you that. Thank you. <laughs> of course. I think what it will do, because Venus and Pisces is a really, I think it's a beautiful transit. I think it spiritualizes our relationship with relationships. Uh, it just really creates an energy where we understand that central casting, the universe, God, whatever language we use, assigned us to people. Mm. And so if we're not using these romantic relationships as opportunities for soul growth and soul evolution, what are we really using it for? Oh, yeah. Right? And I think if we're not really trying to, this, the last person I dated, 
he was in bed with me and it was just before we went to sleep. And I had this moment come over me. It was really, it was very Venus and Pisces, but Venus wasn't even in Pisces, but I think you'll see it. Where I just had this profound realization, Kathy, that like this human being, this person with a life, with a history, with a soul, he was sleeping right next to me. Mm. And like, it was just this connection of what an extraordinary honor, responsibility, and gift. Yeah. And I think Venus and Pisces, after Saturn-Pluto conjunction, will exalt our perception to understand that when you're sitting across the table from somebody, when you're living with somebody, when you're dating somebody, like you have a spiritual obligation to honor the divinity within them. Mm. And we are so irresponsibly casual with our relationships. People disregard one another. We ghost one another. Yeah. We don't follow through on our word. We are just un- we're ethically sloppy. And Venus and Pisces will have none of that. So that would be what I would hope others would do. And I love that. And again, because you're the first one to consider these things. These are the yeah. first times I'm hearing it. So I'm just <laughs> letting it rip with you. Oh, I but love it. <laughs> it's, oh, no, you are asking so many amazing questions. And yeah, that's, that's what I would love to see Venus and Pisces do. What about you? What do you think is going to happen? Well, before I answer that question, I just wanted to say that I had to ask you because you have your North Node in Pisces in the seventh house. I do. Right? Ah! Like that, that's, I feel like that's the star moment of your North Node. <laughs> oh my God. I do. So, I, yes. And can I tell you something super yeah. crazy about a Pisces story? I don't want to like get too distracted, but my moon progressed into Pisces uh, this September, right? And I recorded a quick full moon video about Pisces energy. And something told me to read um, a, a, a line from Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. And he was a Jewish psychologist that was incarcerated in the concentration camp. And he applied his notions of psychology to the inmates and to the other experiences to really see what could transform here. And he included this beautiful prayer from the book of Solomon. And it says, set me free like a seal upon thy heart. Love is stronger than death. Yeah. And I just felt like that was so Pisces. I was like, wow, this is, this is as deep as it can possibly go, <laughs> right? The next week, I'm at my godparents' house, and it was their 30th wedding anniversary, right? And they said, all right, everybody, we're going to watch our wedding video. And full disclosure, I had watched this wedding video as a kid all the time, Kathy, because I loved seeing my family. My aunt mm-hmm. looked so beautiful. It was from 1989. It was the year I was born. So I loved the music. I loved the, the, just the glamour of it all. It was extraordinary, right? I loved it deeply. And I always associated it with weddings and marriages. Yeah. My mother gets up and starts to speak because it's, it's, she's obviously related to my uncle. And she reads the same prayer in 1989 <laughs> that I read 30 years later. Oh, my gosh. And that's when I knew the power of Pisces. Yeah. Wow. I was like, this is bananas. I totally forgot that she read that. Right? Yeah. And then intuitively, I heard the universe say, you are next your wedding will be the next one in the family. Oh, my God. I know. I was like, oh, my God. Right? And so there we go. And that's Venus and Pisces. That's the North Node in the seventh house. I, I don't know, but I, I think it's coming, Kathy. Probably in like two or three years when you progress Moon is in the seventh house. Well, it already is. Oh. So check. Right. No, it already is because my progress Moon went into Pisces. And when it went into zero degrees Pisces was September 1st, two, and that's my, my North Node, and two weeks later is when I had that realization. Hmm, we will see what 2020 will bring for you then. <laughs> I know, right? And it's like a six personal year in numerology, I don't know, but all of this to say, like, the universe is speaking to us constantly, and I really do believe that even something as scary as the Saturn-Pluto conjunction offers us a profound opportunity for transformation if we're willing to take it. And I was going to ask you, do you believe that the universe is invested in our enlightenment? Do you believe that these energies, all of these aspects, all of these configurations, Kathy, are they here to help us? 111%. Because when I look at my chart and the transits that are happening, even in the most 
you know, challenging times, I see that there is a reason and a purpose for that. And I mean, I even the fact agree. that I just discovered that my progress moon is in the first house in Capricorn and had a return and all of that. And I'm building my career. And then at the same time, I have Pluto in my 10th house and all of the things happening. I'm like, well, is the, like, sometimes I even think it's like, are all of the transit, these transits just for me to, to progress because it feels like everything yes. falls so perfectly into place for me yes. in my life, in my growth. But then I see other people's yeah. charts and it's the same thing, you know? Yeah, I know. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I'm almost like silent about it because I'm really in awe of the nature of the system sometimes. Most yeah. times, all the time, really, I should say. I'm in awe of what is possible for us when we let these energies work for us in our own life. Yeah. And I think that with Capricorn energy, the goal is get a mastery on yourself and you will be a huge success. Yeah. I mean, even as something as simple as I'm constantly telling my clients, well, did you meditate before you did that? <laughs> did you, you know, try to have a moment of contemplation and request and prayer just to really get into sobriety and thinking, oh no. Yeah. And then I have to almost convince them of its efficiency. And it's yeah. like, what, what are we, why are we so defensive of our annihilation? Mm. It does not make any sense. And I think that the opportunity for Capricorn is if you work at making your life work, your life will work. Yeah. Like take responsibility for your life. That's the whole thing. You know, not, not, don't Without let a doubt. life push you around and other people push you around and then blame other people. But the, right. the truth is that you haven't taken any action yourself. You just... We're no. waiting. That's the thing. Yes. Yes. And I'm curious because you are a Capricorn moon and these energies are in the cardinal signs. How do you contextualize uh, the cardinal signs as that kind of proactive, that spark of new things and new beginnings and like new identities and new relationships? Like how do you understand Capricorn as like a proactive cardinal sign? I think... The reason or like the, the fact that Capricorn takes so much time before it takes action really makes it really responsible in taking action. You know, it's, it's really like it knows when, it's, when it takes action that it's proper action and it's not bullshitting around, right? It's not like, just, I feel like Leo energy can sometimes exaggerate everything and you know, <laughs> and with Capricorn, you just know what you get at some point. That's why I love that I have both energies. You do. But, and then also my, yes. my, my Sag energy, which is also really fiery, can exaggerate everything as well. But I know that my Capricorn <laughs> enters me, you know? That makes yes. Yeah. Yes, it grounds you in that and rather than like getting exaggerative and things. Yeah, it's true. And I was thinking too just about how Capricorn's because they are ruled by Saturn, which is the Roman iteration of Greek Cronus, right? Their divine understanding of timing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, but I feel like Capricorn energy, they just know when to strike. Mm. What do you think? Do you see that with them? I, I, I think I have my challenges with the Capricorn moon because there's still this emotional energy tied into it where mm. I can be really unsure but i guess a lot of other things in my chart play into that as well it's not just my capricorn mood right. where i don't really trust divine timing but then some parts of me definitely trust so it, it's definitely mm. like i feel like i'm a gemini in that kind of in that it's my my mars and gemini is like hmm, i'm not sure right. <laughs> Wait, should it be happening now i don't know yeah it's interesting yeah because theoretically the obligation for capricorn energy is to trust that there is a season for everything yeah. and that Every season is a season within an inner year, right? It's this constant tick, tick, tick. Like it's the Wheel of Fortune tarot card, as I've yeah. been told. Although I don't know enough about tarot, but for anybody who's listening, that's what the uh, analogous card is. And yeah, I think there is a real beautiful understanding where Capricorns know what it's time for, what to do. And I think this comes back to relationships too, because since a lot of people are really lonely, they move too quickly. Mm. And they hotwire connection because they've been so hungry and, and essentially desperate to hear those words that they lose all intellectual and rational considerations in yeah. the earliest phases. 
that actually do determine, unfortunately, the quality of the relationship in the sense that you, everything you get in in the first eight months, that makes or breaks the relationship. Yeah. It's just like child psychology. You know, everything you get into that child before they turn seven years old yeah. is enormously important. And I think that's also a Capricorn ruled quality because we need to know that trust and reliability. This is built on very small moments. You can have hunches about people. You could have, you know, good feelings about them, which may be proven correct, but you still need at least seven to eight months mm. of real face-to-face in-person considerations before you know whether or not that you can actually trust them. Mm. And that's a Capricorn rule concept too, is that like not everybody has earned access to all of you immediately. Oh, and yeah. you haven't earned access to everybody else immediately, right? So it's just like slow down because also too, the energy of desperation and reflexiveness and no impulse control, that's not sexy. So you're not, you're, yeah, let's not kid yourself or anybody else. Like that, <laughs> that doesn't look good on you. Yeah. And secondly, it will self-sabotage the relationship if you're not really maintaining sobriety, impulse control, emotional maturity, and focus. Yeah. And just look at Capricorn. It's the boss. And it's literally like, you know, doesn't care. Not doesn't care, but it's just like it knows that it's the boss and it doesn't have to prove anything because it knows it does the work. And, you know, can just remain in silence and just knows I'm on the top of the mountain at some point. No one can, you know, bullshit me. So I think, yeah, maybe we can. And then we have cancer on the opposite side, which is really needy. So there we have the polarity. Right. And I think, yeah, the polarity sign. And I think where, where, but see, what's funny about cancer is they know they're the boss at home. That's also true. Right? Like they know who's in charge at the house and it's them. Yeah. And then Capricorn knows they're in charge when they walk into the office, yeah. you know? So that's like this sense of like authority and, and ownership. But I think the wisdom and because and, do you have a North Node in, in, in Capricorn? You do, right? And no, actually in it's in Sag. 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 But it's in the first right, house. Right, right, yeah. Right. But, and yeah, okay. my first house is also I'm Capricorn. Curious. So yeah. That's right. That's right. I was like, Brr. So what do you think of the Cancer Capricorn axis and how it relates to the Saturn-Pluto conjunction? Like, because I believe that the, the polarity signs are, are deeply tethered and invested in one another. They're telling the same story in like mm. different forms, but the connection between them is so, 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 so important. So what do you think of Cancer Capricorn? Um, well, I think like a big majority of the next year, like 2020, and even now, because it's all a preparation for the Saturn Pluto in conjunction, it's just really teaching us how we relate to our emotions, which is why meditation is a huge mm. thing, like observing our emotions, not taking them too literal, mm. um, also our thoughts, of course. But yeah, it's just really learning how to understand our emotions. And, and I believe that our emotions are one of the biggest signs from the universe as well. So really working with them instead of against them, because a lot of people have just, you know, suppressed them, demonized them, and just feel like emotions are the, the, the devil. And I actually just recently had a reading with someone with Chiron and cancer, actually. And she was like, completely shut down her emotions and obviously that causes anxiety and all of the illnesses that we have in society as well you know and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just that's just my take on the, on the polarity that we just have to learn that we are the boss of our emotions even though sometimes it feels like they are the boss mm. of us so. yes yes that's so beautifully said and that actually comes back to relationships because one of my favorite TED Talks is one by um, another Long Island girl, and her name is Dr. Joanne Davila. And she speaks on how the three tools of relationship, of romantic competence, are insight, mutuality, and emotion regulation. And I think the third one is what you were saying. It's like, mm. we have to be in charge of our emotions. I would not choose a partner if he did not have emotional regulation skills because I, would, I wouldn't be safe with him if he was just constantly, you know, triggered and upset and this and that and just I, 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 always in emotional uh, instability. Yeah. I would, yeah. neither would you, none of us would be, right? 
Whereas if we can just acknowledge like, we have the emotion, we're not gonna demonize it. What are you here to teach me? How do I not offload this on another human being? How do I develop healthy self-soothing strategies to regulate this uncomfortability as best as I can? That's where we can understand our emotional intelligence then be the boss of it and not let it get the best of us. And then when we're at our excellence, that's what the Saturn-Pluto conjunction will solidify for us. And exactly. that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, and that brings it back to, you know, the whole, like your approach also to relationships and queer astrology because yes. men, we're not allowed to have emotions, right? That's why we have so many issues. When men express their emotions or just talk about them, oh my gosh, they... You know, we're judged. Yeah. And that's the whole yes. shame thing again, which, yes. yeah, that's just the full picture. Yes, and I'm really, yeah, thank you for bringing that up because it's true. I think that for the vast majority of modernity, really from 1969 onward, women have been given an enormous amount of space to explore and redefine and review what it means to feel like a successful woman in the workplace, at home, without any of them, right? Like, what does it mean for me to essentially embrace my femininity? And men have had absolutely none of that. And the lives of women will never change if men don't come along. And I think, yeah, it does allow, uh, these conversations allow men to speak. I actually think that queer men have a, a great responsibility to their heterosexual male counterparts to actually help them do that. Yeah. Because, I because when gay men came out, the, the population of people who usually came to our defense the most were straight women. And so it then is, it's our responsibility to say, thank you for helping us. We're going to talk to your lovers because they want to love you. They just don't know how, and you want to receive that love, but it's difficult for you to teach them what you don't know. So I actually think that's, that's the responsibility of the modern gay man. And then it heals the gay man of residual resentment of the masculine archetype, because we still walk around with that. And we assume straight men are out to get us. But they're not. They're, most of them aren't. They don't care. They don't care. They have their own crap going on. They don't care who I'm sleeping with. You know what I actually think why there is the whole issue that some straight men fear gay men? It's because of the same thing. The, the whole emotional. Like emotions. Yes. Because they see yes. that queer men or gay men express their emotions and that's what they are scared of. Right. Yeah. Right. And we're that uncomfortable mirror yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think their culture is shifting though, thankfully, in terms of if we sort of acknowledge the fact that, hey, you were never given this permission slip to explore your emotionality, right? But the world is changing really fast. So claim it now so that you can be in the most meaningful and intimate relationships with the women that you're sexually attracted mm -hmm. to, right? And then because... I honestly can see with gay men, I obviously can't speak for queer women, but they, they carry that residual history of straight men calling them the F word, which is faggot in English, and that's a derogatory term for gay men. And they sometimes like act real tough and unnecessary with other gay men because they, their brains are scrambled, right? They just mm. see another man and they're like, oh, you remind me of the guy who was mean to me and now I'm going to be mean to you. And that's where the toxic masculinity is present here. So yeah. yeah, so many conversations, so many conversations. Yes, yes. <laughs> it we was could a talk forever. Yeah, forever, as forever. Always. Yeah. always. It was a pleasure to have you. And I think we got a lot of insights okay. about the relationship of 2020 even. Yes. And I yes. highly- Provided by you. Thank you, thank you, Kathy. Seriously, like what a fantastic prompt. You are the first astrologer I have seen talking about this. And I am so blown away. I cannot wait to have this interview live so I can be yeah. like, look at what Kathy said. Yeah, but you know what? That amazing. Literally what triggered that was that your book literally came in the mail yesterday. And I was like, that's a freaking coincidence because obviously we scheduled this interview before, but I didn't know that the book will arrive to the, like the day before. And I was like, hmm, there's something about relationships. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. The Leo deal. And I just, I, I think that's so beautiful. And also connecting it back to the summer and how you saw a lot of people breaking up. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my God, I, I'm going to think of the perfect moment to share that reflection with my readers, obviously taking you and giving you all the credit, but like, I want to give you like a space to mine some data <laughs> so you could yeah. see like, oh, look what happened here and da, 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 just so you can have like people's reflections because mm -hmm. you are onto something 
and I firmly support this inquiry. And I love to have you with me because you are a That's nice right. cap moon brother, right? We have That's to talk right. about that. <laughs> who if not us who and then we'll do this in person when you're in new york of course we will and we will share it yes. obviously on instagram social media everywhere yes. so everyone who listens now because i'm pretty sure the episode will be live before that um can be really ready for us to meet in person in january yes the start yes. of the new decade maybe even when Saturn and Pluto will meet. We will meet as well. <laughs> Ooh, boy. <laughs> you know, that, and we could say, we could like bring up this talk and be like, is any of this lining up? Probably Maybe. will be. Maybe. That's right. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much, Kathy. I had a lovely time with you. Me too. Thank you so much. And we will speak very, very soon. Yay.